right, everybody. Welcome to The Circle Podcast. I'm Andy. This is Forrest. And we can't wait to start this. This is episode one, so we can't wait to start this with you guys and appreciate y'all listening. And I think we're just going to dive right into it. Um, Forrest, how's your week been? Um, You know, it actually, it was pretty good. You know, it was a pretty good productive week. Uh, You know, work is what it is. You're just staying really busy there. Um, but we got to see my wife's parents this weekend, so that was really nice. You know, that was really cool getting down there with everything. I mean, just to address the elephant in the room, you know, with all the COVID stuff going on right now, it's still really nice to actually get out of town and um, go to a different town, for one. That was really cool to see. I, I even I even enjoyed being in my car for two hours, which it sounds – or more than that, to be honest. It was, like, more like five hours. But to um, just be in my car and going somewhere – like right. being in my truck was like like i mean people understand this listening when you go from every single day getting to listen to podcasts on the way to work like that is a little thing that you take for granted and it sounds great but actually like not having to commute sounds great and it is you know it's it's helped out saving money but like dude that is a um those stretches of road you don't realize how much I guess I wouldn't even call it solitude since my wife was right there in the passenger seat, but there was definitely like sometimes where you just kind of hone in on yourself, you know, and do some self-reflection, <laughs> doing some thinking. So it was definitely cool to have that mindset again where I was sitting in my truck, just driving down the road, just me and myself to my yeah. thoughts. Yeah, it's almost therapeutic and you get a little bit introspective because, you know, it's, it's bad to say that we almost get on autopilot while we're driving. Oh, but- 100%. You know, and I mean, you know, I went from a 50 minute commute to about an eight minute commute, and now I have a zero minute commute. That is exactly (laughs) what happened to me. I had a 45 minute to a 45 minute in the morning, but in the afternoon, it would take me an hour and a half to get home. And so I went from, you know, about two hours on the road every day to a five minute drive, and now zero minute, you know, don't even touch my car. Yep. Yeah. Have well, you been was... making a point to get out there and drive your truck? Because I don't know about you, but I, I kind of forgot about it. And so my truck didn't even turn over um, when I first went to start it on Friday. I was sitting there just turning the key, and it took about 20, about 15 cranks for it to turn over. Yeah, I'll catch myself um, going like maybe a day or two without driving it. Um, but I try to get out and, you know, I, I go out to my parents you're better man than once I. a week and then i also go like if i go like run a trail or go hike somewhere or do something like that um or just run to the post office or and i've been going to the office um here and there uh, we're not like banned from being in the office but yeah so sometimes it's good to go in there and get some stuff but I, i've not really had any huge like lulls of just leaving it leaving it idle there like I said, a couple of days where you're just like, wow, I haven't been in here in a while. Well, you know, like, for, you'll like, forget a coffee cup in there and it's got like oh, yeah. crusty. <laughs> it's just like, oh gosh, what have I done? But yeah, what we would do is like, my wife's got a car and I have a truck. So like, you know, just out of gas mileage, we were driving hers more. And so we just got into that habit, you know, mm. where like, oh, we'll just hop in this car. Cause it's like, I mean, I think I've filled up my truck. With, if you take out the, the trips where I've come to go hunting with you, and then this past trip where we drove to my wife's house, wife's parents' house. So that was four times I had to fill up with gas. If you get rid of those, I've filled up my truck with gas twice since March. Golly, it's wild. Isn't that nuts? 
yeah, it is. I mean, and the gas prices are so low. It's almost like, well, I kind of wish it was like this all the time. I, I know. Sure, cause oh, mine's got mine's got a thirty-five in, uh, gallon tank. It's not like. Oh yeah. It's no easy task. Yours but. is thirty-five gallons. Mm-hmm. That's a big. T mine's not that big. I mean, I guess mine is a mid-sized truck compared to your full size, but still, it seems big. Yeah, it's a lot. It looks big when you see the, the eighty eighty-five dollars on the. Thing, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. But, How long does it take you to fill up sitting there? Like 20 mm, minutes? Damn, it's like filling up a tank. I mean, it depends on where you go. You know, they have some yeah. of those that are like slow on oh, purpose. Oh man, but... if do you do you just like not fill up if you get that? If you get caught at like a slow ass pump? Oh yeah. If I get, you know, you put 10 gallons in there, I'm like, all right, I'll just wait. <laughs> I'll just wait. <laughs> Especially now, because like I don't even if I go to the gas station, I won't even fill up because I'm like, it's not worth me filling up and leaving this gas just sit in oh yeah it's just gonna sit in there for weeks at a time yeah. and it's not like that's the highest quality gas you know, oh yeah we've gone into the world of ethanol but the uh yeah I, I went uh, a few weeks well not a few weeks i guess weird how time has flown but like when this first started uh, my girlfriend's a nurse and so she yeah. got like a discount from bp i think Oh, I remember you told me about that. And yeah. and so like she got to use this code, and she's like, "We well, should just fill up your truck, and use this code." And I think I filled the from I, it's it was giving me the fifty mile warning, and I filled up from there to full for like twenty one dollars. Oh my gosh, that's great! That's awesome. So you can't thanks, beat that. thanks BP, not a sponsor. But Shout thanks. out to BP, <laughs> not a sponsor of the pod. Oh, hey, you know, while we are here, though, let's go ahead and uh, get one commercial out of the way. Proud sponsor of the pod, Deadhead Clothing Dead, Company. Deadhead Apparel <laughs> is the proud sponsor of the pod. We've got natural linen clothing. So, Deadhead You know, a lot of people, they start these podcasts, and they're like, maybe one day I'll get a sponsor. This is episode one, boys. So, you know, you're in for a treat. we got some real real deal sponsorships out there. Real deal sponsors. Um, but yeah, you know, so episode one um, – that I guess do not another introduction, but you know we hope to have some really cool people on this podcast. We actually we've been talking about it off the recording a lot, and realize we have a pretty solid network of people. Um, like one guy we're really looking forward to bring on. We've known him for a while. I guess how long do you think we've known Swizzy now? For God, longer than I thought till I just now said it. But yeah, like I mean it's probably six like, or seven years. To be honest. Yeah, something like that. And um, what he does, he's a wildland firefighter out west. So all those guys you see, they're just doing the Lord's work, putting out the giant forest fires. That's him. So really excited to have him on. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I was reaching out to people I know on Twitter. And some people, just depending on who all listens to this podcast, might know him. But a uh, really cool guy. And I don't want to say his name yet because I don't know if he'll want you know us to say his name or not. We don't quite know how secretive he wants to be about it. But basically he has gone fairly off the grid. He just kind of went and did it. He bought some land. He's got, I think he said, a couple acres now. And he's been buying goats and other small, you know, farm animals and building his own homestead. So we're going to have him on. And he's going to, you know, talk about that journey. Yeah, that'll be cool. Oh, yeah. Very cool. See how he's kind of juggling that with, like, the modern world. and Exactly. And away from everything. It's funny because he still posts on Twitter, you know, all the time, like, you know modern stuff he gets in the meme scene and whatnot but then like he'll post a picture of him and his three goats <laughs> and 
it was like someone asked him i remember like why did you buy these goats he's like he just one word milk like that was his reply just the word milk i was like dude that is that's some hardcore stuff right there if you're just using the goats for milk raw milk not allowed to drink it right <laughs> uh, so yeah i guess we could get into you know the kind of the idea behind this podcast is you know we we have spent some time you know sitting around you know the idea is a campfire but it could be like anywhere that a group of people sits around and there's no you know there's no real direction you won't you won't ever see like a this is the direction that we're going to go with this podcast you know like we're, no. we're going to talk about this unless it's somebody we're interviewing this is no notes no prior talk this is just hey what you got on your mind what you've been reading what you thinking about what new song you heard all that kind of stuff so and you know, it's, it's funny you just said that because like i was on the way back from my wife's house today and i was like do i want to text andy a couple of these things i want to talk about or do i just want to occur naturally and i was like i'm not even gonna ask him i'm just gonna make like even let that decision occur naturally so it's cool that you said that yep. um because i was thinking the same thing because you know when you're sitting around a campfire no matter where you're at like you said even if you're not around a campfire even if you're just in a circle of friends um there's no agenda there's no direction it's just a completely organic free-flowing conversation yep yeah which is a beautiful thing and something that i i love about friend group that i've been able to get around me and that we've you know we've shared a lot of these in our time together and we hope to get on hunting and fishing trips maybe do a little bit of live recording from yep. the woods and we do have one coming up you know speaking of it being planned but not you know the podcast isn't planned but there are events we're planning um so we are doing a big charleston fishing and camping trip so that's gonna be real fun do a live recording there around the fire maybe even do some live fishing and you know what i was actually thinking about too was maybe we maybe we can even do I mean, we'll see how it goes, but I was thinking maybe even like a road trip pod too, like just see how that goes, see if we're talking on the road or if we're just driving, just kind of see how it goes. Maybe we oh, could yeah. do, you know, some little on the, just on the, not even a podcast, you know, maybe just hop on there if something's kind of, if we see something funny or what have you. Cause I don't know if you've driven through to Charleston through um like North Carolina and whatnot, but that's a pretty interesting part of the country. Man, I have not. That Charleston is one place I haven't been and. Is one of the oh, reasons you, I'm so excited. You actually haven't I, been? No. Okay. No, and so I'm so excited. When to you just suggested, I thought you just want like you wanted to go because you've been there before. Nope. Which is what really caught me off guard was when you told me um, Bulls Bay, the Buck Hall Recreation Area, because that's like the exact camping spot that I went to three or three or four years ago now. Man, it just showed it. Like I knew there was a national park there, and I was like, "There's got to be a campground," and it just happened to be right in the same oh, yeah. place that I saw on the fishing guide places saying like this is where you go I was like I gotta go just bum it's it it's a great little spot man like you um, you pull up I remember we pulled up like sometime in the afternoon on Friday we ended up getting there late just cause uh, God, it was wild an overpass on the highway had collapsed like and it couldn't have been like thank goodness it, we got there after but like it couldn't have been much after like a semi truck had skidded across the road or whatever and slammed into the median of it and just collapsed this bridge yeah because we were uh yeah like we were we got to charleston at like 2 p.m 
something like that. And then we sat there in this traffic from two to four. So we actually didn't get to our campsite until five o'clock. It took us almost three hours to go about 15 miles because where we're going, Buck Hall is about, it's about a 15, 12, 15 mile drive north of Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just got stuck like outside of Charleston before you could take the exit to go to where we're going. It was, we just sat there and it sucked because it was like, we left so early in the morning so we could get there and get this extra time. And then it, it, we might as well have left at noon, you know, like it made no difference. It turned somehow from a five hour road trip to like a 10 hour road trip. It was nuts just because of having to go through the mountains for one took longer. And my, uh, it was not the truck I have now, but my dad's old truck, we were taking it. So it was really slow. And then, like I said, that bridge being out, man, it was just like, how the fuck did this turn into a 10 hour trip? That's not gonna happen with us. We got a, uh, we got, we got newer trucks. We're gonna get there much earlier, I hope. Much earlier. Lots more fishing. Hopefully, can cook some stuff up on the fire, caveman style. Do some. Definitely uh, more knowledgeable now on how to do, fish the area. Do some uh, paleo, paleolithic as, era cooking. As paleo as it comes. Mm-hmm. Just how is your how is your paleo meal prep thing going that you've been doing? Um. You know, it's it's going good. I like it. The meals are really expensive, but are I mean they're really good, but they're 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 more pricey than we thought. Like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna say really expensive, because they're a great meal. Like they're worth the price. It's just I don't know if it's something we're gonna keep doing long term. Maybe do it for another week or two, see if we really still like it. Yeah. Um, because we've only done it for two weeks, and so they change up the meals every week. But then there's a couple meals that are like staples that keep going. And like I said, I mean all the food's really good. It's just it's it's costing us more than we had originally thought, just because the meals cost different every week. Right. And so. But I'm sure that it's probably a good like. Here's some ideas of some normal meals that still follow this, you know. Guideline. Oh yeah, that's that's the thing to take away from it is like I've been sitting there because it is like for those of you who don't know, paleo paleo diet is you know it takes out pretty much everything that the modern world's created. Um, so there's no there's everything no, bad and leaves all the normal stuff yeah there's no additives there's no preservatives in there so like it's literally if it's a meat product if it's like a like one of them is a mustard a Carolina pork Carolina pulled pork dish and so all that's in there is pulled pork mustard and some seasonings like there's no you don't need to go to the store and buy some specific barbecue sauce you don't need to go to the store and buy liquid smoke or anything like that like it is just strictly pulled pork and mustard and some other seasonings like that's it the, all the vegetables are like they have these the sweet potatoes pretty much in every dish it seems like and it's literally just sweet potatoes in either salt or pepper and there's like one other season they put on they were incredible i don't know what they're doing differently with their oven but i need to figure that part out because their sweet potatoes come out just like melt in your mouth yeah, you got to get that. You got to start doing that in the air fryer. Air fryer has changed. Oh yeah, my you cooking. think so, dude? It is wild. The difference. The best salmon I've ever had. The best sweet potatoes I've ever had. The best Brussels sprouts I've ever had. You know, I. The only thing that it's not good for is trying to fry fish. I do not recommend frying fish. Did you it try is, like battering it, or did you just oh, put them in there I, straight? It was bad. It was it like stung. I put it. I put a batter and stuff on there, and you know it could have been, 
I don't know. I'm torn and I've kind of wanted to try it, but I've also not wanted to screw it up again. Um, I think the batter that I did probably wasn't that great. Um, but I, I, what kind of batter did you use? Just like a basic, I was just trying to do like a, a basic, like flour and then use like, I think I ended up using like, I didn't have any milk. So I used almond milk, which is probably the issue, but really it should, I mean, all that's doing is making everything stick together. So I feel like it shouldn't have been that big of a deal and then putting it in cornmeal after that, but it just came out and it was just like bready and dry and that's didn't have it wasn't like that crispy like when you fry something in oil which just, i don't even turns into I mean, a rock yeah like it it has that like crispiness and all the juices are kept inside and for some reason this was just the opposite it was just ready and dry does yours come with like a little rack or did you just lay it straight in the bucket so this one it's not one that's like a bucket it's it has like a door it almost looks like a mini convection oven and it's got like a little door that comes down and then it's got a, a catch tray that's like a shallow it almost looks like a cookie tray yeah and then there's a mesh basket that sits in that and sits like half an inch above it kind of like floats yeah and so you put everything in that tray and then as it cooks and things drip so like i'll do jalapeno duck poppers in there i won't even put them on the grill anymore and i'll put them in there with the bacon with everything everything drips down into that tray so you get none of the um none of that like greasiness grease from the bacon sauginess. you just get crispy bacon everything is like still there it just gets all that nasty and i mean it's nasty when you do that but oh yeah dude i did wings in there everybody that ate the wings that i put in there they were like these are the lightest wings i've ever had but they're so like all the flavor stays Yo, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say that if uh, if you make wings like pretty regularly, air fryer is the way to go. Like that, just it just doesn't compete with any. There's nothing else competes with it. I mean, like you cannot. I don't know what it is. It just like you don't need to bread them. You don't need to do any other than put some seasoning on them. You just put them in for like however long, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and they come out perfect every time. It's unbelievable. It really did change the diet game. Made it a lot easier to not like want to go out and get wings at a bar and then you end up you know drinking three or four beers if not more mm-hmm. yep <clears throat> staying at home doing the staying thing at home man staying at home life, everybody sure. stay at home it's what they tell us anyways you know actually um it's funny you bring it up i've i was kind of wanting to pick your brain on this a little bit see what you think not even so much as putting it on the podcast just generally what your opinion is um, so you know where I live. We're not going to go into it, um, but you know where I'm at, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one buddy, really good friend, actually, I should say. Not a buddy. He's getting married in December, and there, him and his soon-to-be wife, instead of just kind of with everything going on, they don't want to do separate, separate bachelor and bachelorette parties. They just kind of want to do it all at once, just which is cool. You know, that's it, it's different. It's cool. Um, but my hang-up is, again, you know where I'm at. They're wanting to go bar hopping downtown. And I'm Not like, gonna happen. For yeah, what despite is, what would anybody's you, would opinion you go? is, would you go? Well, I just don't think that y'all are gonna be able to. I mean, they're shutting Even, it down everywhere. So let's say they decide to keep the bars open. Would you go? Cause I'm torn. Uh, like I'm torn. Like I have people in my family that are at risk 
like my wife's grandmother. Yeah. We see her all the time. She just got over breast cancer. Yeah, I wouldn't go. And I'm not, and like you said, I'm not so worried about me getting it because I yeah. don't think, you know, I'm like anti flu shot, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, I, and I don't get the flu. And so, like, I just, I, I'm, I try to keep my health pretty, you know, on top of things. Yeah. And it's not that I'm worried that I'm going to get it. I'm just worried about, you know, somebody in my family being at risk. Um, you know, you go anywhere. And if, if it is a risk and you're, I mean, we're just not helping it. And No, that's exactly my thoughts on it. And I, I had a feeling you probably say the same thing. But um, no, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I am not worried about myself getting it just because of what you just said. Like, I am extremely on top of our health. We can go into more of that later with some of uh, Solbras <laughs> um, antidotes on health. Um, I've never gotten the flu shot. Actually, the one time I did, I got the flu. So, oh, there you go. Um, it's people now, around I me that say the last are not time, as healthy as I am. Yeah, the last time. Well, I got the flu shot this year, um, and I did. I'm now dating a nurse, and so she was very adamant that I got a flu shot. So I did it for her. Really. But before that, it had been a couple years, and that was the last time I got a flu. Like you said. So I, I did not this, get I, the I flu really, this year. <laughs> I didn't get the flu, I should say. So um, um, going back to where I live. So I, uh, before I moved to where I live now, I was 25, and I was still on my parents' insurance, but I was turning 26. So long story short, my parents were making me go to the doctor for everything before the insurance ran out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and for one of the checkups, and it was like – August or September, and the nurse was like, "Hey, do you want a flu shot?" And I was, I hadn't, I hadn't got one in years, probably ten plus years since I'd gotten one. And this was, um, so I'm 27 now. This was two years ago, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, I'll get one." I didn't, I, I, I messed up. I told you I got the flu a few minutes ago. I didn't actually get the flu, but I felt like I had a really mild flu mm-hmm. for like, honest to God, almost a year. It was insane. Like I never sniffle, like I never have headaches stuff like that but from august of when i got the flu shot the next day um i felt like i was sick from august of 2000 i guess it would have been 17 to about september it was just every day i'd wake up and i was like i felt congested headache it was like i was having um a sinus infection or something which i've never had again like i don't get sick and it was just because I know how the flu shot works. Again, I'm not a doctor, but the little bit I do know, they inject a little bit of the flu into you, basically, right? And that kind of how it works. Yeah, it's like a, I mean, it's like a non, like it's a virus, so it's not alive, but it's a, it's a version of the flu that they anticipate to come out, and it's not able to attach itself, but it's, well, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like it just, it's like a. It's almost like a dummy, yeah. That shows up and that your white blood cells learn how to fight, and then I don't know what they gave on. me, but it again, it wasn't like I didn't not go to work or anything. Like I felt, obje- like subjectively, I was not sick, but I had never. I mean, it was every day I woke up with like you know the muscle pains you have of the flu. Like I had those, like and they'd go away after a couple hours, but mm-hmm. or I'd be just really 
like stuffed up, congested all day at work. I'd be sitting there just, you know, doing that number, and people were just looking at me like, "Who's this new guy here who won't stop snoring on coke or something?" And I, it's just like I had to explain myself, my like, guys. I, you know, I realize I've been doing this every day, but I don't know what's going on. It was um, so that was the last time I got the flu shot, and don't think I'm gonna do it again. Haven't done it since. Haven't had that same experience. Well, what I wonder so, again. And, and this just came up because you said it, but, you know, you said it had been like 10 years since you had gotten one. Yeah. No, and then, you, since and then you get school. one. Yeah, you get one out of the blue. You almost wonder if, like, if it had been any kind of shot like that, if your body would have had a weird reaction. Like, If oh, it was just on. triggered. You yeah. know, it kind of makes you wonder, like, how how rampant is the flu maybe it's not as contagious as we really think it is because that's it's an interesting point you yeah. brought up if the last There's a lot of I, people that die from the flu probably well as yeah many but as it's it's covid but it's yeah i mean you got a fair point there but i guess what i was gonna say it's, it's just interesting that i hadn't got i hadn't gotten the flu shot in like close to 10 years and then like i get it and my body has the reaction to it maybe right. it was almost an allergy maybe there's something else going on um but I was going to say, maybe we don't come in contact with the flu as much as we think we do. Or maybe... Yeah. And, and that, I'll say to that, I think that that goes into what we were saying about, like, if you're conscious of your own health and taking care of yourself, I think that you're less likely, even if you do come in contact, you're going to be less likely to have an adverse reaction to coming in contact with the flu. Like, you know just basic like washing your hands stuff like that too but like if you're getting all the vitamins and minerals that your body needs staying active yeah eating eating good stuff i mean i'll use the example of you talking about never having a sinus infection but that's what you felt like it was i used to get sinus infections like three times a year yeah and i started running like i ran in high school but i didn't really take it seriously and then when I got to college, kind of later in college, I got into running and especially trail running. Um, year year round, always hitting the trails. Um, and so, you know, that's kicking up a lot of dust. That's You're running through the pollen. You're running, you know. Yeah, you're out just, there. And, and you're out there, like, breathing it in at a higher volume. You're taking more of it in because you're taking in more oxygen. I have not had a sinus infection since then. That and makes I don't sense know, to me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I'm not surprised because I'm subjecting myself to it on purpose and your body's just having to deal with it instead of just being inside and then, you know, you go outside and your car's covered in pollen and then having to deal with the effects of that. You know, I still feel like, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's pretty bad out here, like, you know, sneezing. Oh, yeah, there's definitely some days got, where you but, feel it more than others, but you know, a full-on not everyday thing. Yeah, full-on sinus infection has. I haven't had one of those in a long time, and it's awesome. Well, I'd imagine the immune system, because um, we're like general theme of this podcast, you know, is natural living. I would imagine just going off my own thinking here, the immune system works pretty much like everything else in your body. If you want to get your lungs stronger, like your cardiovascular abilities, you swim in a pool, you go running, you do things that tax the cardiovascular system. If you want to become stronger, you go to the gym, you pick up weights, you put them down, you build muscle strength. 
if you want to become smarter, build your brain, which isn't technically a muscle, but if you want to get real deep into it, it kind of is. If you want to get smarter, build a stronger brain, you got to read, you got to learn things. Mm -hmm. Would it not mean the same to your immune system? Like if you want to actually have a strong immune system, you don't want to get sick, you got to tax it. You know, you got to pay, you got to, you got to put in this the sweat equity. You know, you got to get out there. You got to expose it to the elements. Every day, the, every day you were out there in the woods, you were sucking in, like you said, all the pollen. You were just building up a natural immunity to, um, I guess you know your sinus infections. Yeah. Not to mention all the Which other positives up. of trail running. Huge trail oh, running. Oh yeah. Just, Everybody should do it. Running on roads is dumb and bad for your knees and for your shins. Everybody that quits running because, you, like me, I broke both of my legs due to stress fractures in high school from running on a track. And I said I would never run again, but then I started trail running, and I have not had an issue. I was going to ask you because I do know, like you said, you're a huge runner. What do you say to those people that tell you, like, I don't run? Like, I had a boss, my old boss. You know, we worked out together sometimes, and sometimes the CrossFit workout would have running in there. And he'd be like, I, I don't run. I'm only going to row. And there's people at my gym now that do the same thing. They, they refuse to run. They just, they row. They do the rowing machine or they do the bike. What do you, how, how would you approach these people? Like, because a lot of people don't want to be told they're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to like physical activity. Well, and you know, it's hard to tell somebody that does CrossFit like, oh, you don't want to do this because it's hard because everything that y'all do is hard. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's a hard thing to do, but people don't like to run because running is hard. Yeah. Um, that's and, what I, know, I, that's my is, opinion of it. It is, you know, running on concrete is pretty intense on your joints and pretty intense on, you know, your feet and the shoes that – the shoes that we sell at running stores aren't necessarily the best thing for our feet, but we've grown up with them to be conditioned. So if you try right. to switch from, you know, oh, I've been running in New Balance that are, you know, just a typical normal New Balance to running on something that has zero drop, um, which I tried doing that. And I was like, nope. You have to work yourself into that because yeah. your body is so used to falling. There's somebody, I think, I can't remember who said it, but they're like Americans when they walk and when they run, they're falling forward and catching themselves, which is exactly how you hurt yourself running. If you're running and your feet are coming out in front of you where you can see them, all you're doing is putting more pressure on that because you're falling into that and stopping yourself every time you take a step. Stop, and stop, and stop. So a shorter gait, which is the differential between both of your feet when you take a step, the yeah. shorter your gait, the less likely you are to be injured and you'll see the ultra marathoners so you guys like you mean like Cranes. a stride is that what you mean by that like how mm -hmm. long a stride is mm -hmm. yeah so an ultra marathoner like cameron haynes or courtney dewalter or any of these people that go and run 100 200 miles if you look at their stride length and you compare that to and you know it's different for like sprints but if you just compare it to like a normal runner that's just yeah. out running down the main street of whatever city you live in. They are very, that's shorter and quicker and they're running at the same speed. And so you think, Oh, that's harder because it's short and quicker. But it's actually easier because you're wearing down on your body so much less. 
And so when I kind of learned that, it kind of changed the game. And it's just like amazing how you can just go and go and go and go. And the other thing too is people will be like, okay, well, I guess I'll start running. I'm in decent shape. I'm going to go out and run three miles. That's a bad idea because three miles is not a short distance. Um, you got to start off short and, you know, maybe it's go run a mile and walk a mile. Do that for a little bit of time. Bump yourself up to running a mile and a half, walk a mile. And, and keep bumping it up. I developed a running schedule for a guy that I work with who is like, you know, he's in shape and, you know, not, he doesn't like work out religiously and he doesn't run religiously, but he's like, you know, I, I really want to run a half marathon. That's a goal of mine. I know I can do it. I'm young. Um, what do you think I should do? And I was like, well, if you don't run right now, I can make you a schedule and it's going to take from now until the marathon to build you up. But if you follow this schedule, you will be able to run a half marathon at a nine minute or better pace. And you're not going to get hurt and you're not going to feel like you're going to die when you're done. And, and he was like, okay, I'll do it. And I talked to him Friday and he was like, man, I'm running my first seven miles this weekend. I was like, that's awesome. How do you feel? And he's like, I'm really not even worried about it. Like, you know, last weekend I did six miles. And the way that his works is the, the weekend run, the Saturday run is the longest run. Yeah. And so you, you build up and like his weekday runs are like four miles right now, I think if I can remember. And so he'll run like on Tuesday, he'll run four miles. Thursday, he'll run four miles. Saturday, he'll run six miles. Sunday he'll run two miles as like a recovery because you don't want to do that really long distance and then just stop you want to do a little light recovery run at the end of all those and then the next and then the next week he may do four five seven two four five seven two five five seven and a half and it's just like a gradual and I think that he started this back in March like right when all the COVID stuff hit, he started it. And he's like, dude, I feel great. He's like, I've been eating a lot, which I told him to do. I was like, if you're going to be running this much, you better be eating because you're going to wear your body down if you don't. But it's pretty cool to see it, see it in action. So that that's something that you learned that, that programming, or is that something that was taught to you or how did you, how did you create it? Um, a little bit of both. I did a lot of research when I, because when I started running, it was mostly as just like a hobby thing and just something to go do. And then I was like, well, I should probably try to go do like some of these races. And so I started doing a lot of research on like, what do I need to do to prepare? Um, one of my old roommates and one of my best friends, he was a big runner, um, took it much more seriously than I did in high school and did yeah. very well. Um, and he ran some long races. Both of he and I both ran a 20 mile race um, on trail one time. But he's the one who was kind of telling me this, like you know, during the week you got to do these shorter, like three, four, five mile runs during the week, and then go out and kill it on the weekend, and then do a recovery. And then he's like, just do that maintenance run during the week, so that you're doing something and you're keep you know enough to get your heart rate up and something to maintain. And then on the weekend, go get go get after it yeah um so he kind of did that and then i was watching some you know some people on youtube and reading a lot of stuff and i was like you know and i kind of made a calendar like that for myself 
And when I ran my half marathon, it was a trail. And it wasn't like, this isn't like a big marathon that people come from all over to do. It's not like a big deal. But I think I, in my age group, I think I was third. And overall, I think I was like 15th or something like yeah. that. But I was just like, okay, so that really, and I felt awesome when I was done. So I was like, I think that I've like figured something out. So it's been cool to be able to share that with people. I know you were supposed to have some races this year. Um, have those been postponed or what's going on? Um, yeah, the, I really kind of stopped signing up for them because the only one that I was signed up for prior to COVID officially was there was an ultra in Huntsville and I honestly didn't really train for it. I, I would have been able to finish it. Uh, How many miles is an ultra for those that don't know? It would have it would have been a 50k, which is like 31, 32 miles. And so, do um, you use that same program or that you were talking about, or I guess you might have if I more if miles, I had, but yeah, if I had been taking it seriously, I probably would have. But I was just kind of going to go out there, and in in my mind, that's not a. I'm going to go out here and run this thing for time and run it to finish it. It was just. You're running to finish it. I was running it to finish it just to be like, I did this. Now they had a time limit, but it was like eight or nine. Maybe it was nine hours, which would have been like a walking pace to do it. Now that's a walking on a flat. You know, this is obviously hilly. It's in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's one thing when I was doing trail running, it was, um, I think I had, yeah, I was first texting you about it. It was kind of when our friendship kind of really first started to develop. I would uh, text you, and I just didn't know how to judge my time. <laughs> I was like, I remember I went and ran a few miles at this trail near my apartment, and um, I mean, I thought I was slow as shit. I was like, fuck, it took me almost 15 minutes to finish a mile. And you're like, no, it's not that bad. Like, you're in the woods. You know, this is your first time ever doing it. I had never tr- done trail running before. I had only run on a track, and I was used or a treadmill. And I was used to those seven low sevens to eight minute mile time you know um whether i was you know trucking or not but then i go and do this mile in the woods and it's like 13 or so minutes i was like man i I know i'm not that slow i ran eight minutes i ran an eight minute mile the other night you know out in the out in the city or whatever so i guess what what is a good what is a good average mile time for someone trail running because it's hard to tell yeah and it's hard to even answer because it's like you know everybody's so different it's like i feel like it's gonna vary on the trail too it's not like you're Mm -hmm. you can't like you can compare one track to another track it's you know it's yeah a a track is flat they're all the same length they're all the same you know there's no elevation change there's no you know wind but no mud that was the biggest thing i was running into like i'd be i'd build up a good pace going and then there'd be a 10 foot stretch of mud Mm-hmm. Where I either had to run through it, yeah. Or I had sometimes to out there's a tree. It. Sometimes there's a tree running across. You lose all your momentum. You got to stop, climb over this tree. Um, you know, there's a snake in the way, and you got to get out of the way. Of the oh snake. god, yeah. I didn't, even, <laughs> didn't think about wildlife. Here, here comes a, here though. comes a mountain biker. You got to get out of his way. Oh yeah. You know, it's not a, and that's what I kind of like about trail running too. Is it's not stagnant. Like there's always something changing. Even if you're running the trails all the time if you run the same there's a trail in town that i run all the time and every time i go out there something is different you know here's a new 
patch of mud. Here's a new tree that fell. Here's a new person that's in your way. Here's, you know, and you can run it in a different direction. And, you know, there's always intertwining trails. I'm going to add this part and take this part out and make it new. And yeah, you can kind of just be a little bit more creative when you're out there. That was, uh, the mud was what was getting me. Cause I'd just be running along and I'd be kind of in the zone. So I would kind of not be watching my step as well as I should have. And all of a sudden my leg would just shoot out in front of me. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, that falling forward, I would just be sliding like for six feet through the mud on one foot. And it's like, man, what the hell? Like there goes all the pace I had, all my momentum. Then it did wipe the mud off my shoes. Cause all of a sudden they were coated in it to the point where, you know, like when you're, when you step in mud, it just builds up all the way around. Oh, yeah. You're walking on cinder blocks. So I had to sit there and peel it off. And of course I didn't, you know, pause my phone. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, am I running all right or not? I don't know. It's cool though. I, I do love it. It's something I need to do more of. Um, and it kind of goes back to what I've talked about with you off podcast is, uh, there's very limited that kind of activity where we're at. So it kind of sucks. Right. Yeah, you need there's like one park. Yeah, well, and there's not really any mountains over there, so it's kind of hard. There's no mountains. I was, if you look at it on a map, um, the we're we're pretty much the start of the Great Plains, and a lot, and I I feel okay saying that on here because no one's gonna know what I'm talking (laughs) about unless you. That could be anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, so unless you've talked to me personally, you're not gonna know what I'm talking about. But if you look at where I'm at on a map and you actually come to this city and you go to the outskirts where there's no buildings, you will very much realize that this is the start of the Great Plains. Like, it's nuts. But there's nothing from where I am. If you were to drive west, the first new geographic feature you hit if you drive southwest is the deserts of Texas. (laughs) If you drive due west the first thing you'll hit is the Rockies and that's it's it's wild if you look at on a map it's and people don't understand that that live here because they've lived here forever mm-hmm. and it's just it's I don't know how people have lived here the whole lives like I I don't regret moving here I was talking to my wife about it earlier but I it's weird like I I kind of regret it and I kind of don't you know I'm ready to get back to where I'm from for right. multiple reasons aside from activities like I don't know about you, but this whole COVID thing is um really made me look at uh I guess family more. Right. Yeah, definitely. I've I've felt like I've had a lot more time to, and I think that everybody would agree. Like our nation has become a lot more introspective, um, and you know really take take account of okay here I am in this house, I got these people around me, you know, some people may, you know, know, everybody lives such busy lives. If you got a family, maybe like I haven't spent a lot of time just here with my immediate family. And then you realize, you know, it's all, it's like all of a sudden you want to go see your grandparents and all of a sudden you want to go see your parents and all of a sudden you want to go see your sibling that's in a different place and you can't, and you know, we always want something we can't have. Oh yeah. But I think it's made a lot of people realize that and kind of like cherish those times a lot more. And then not only that, but like bringing it back home, like what can I do here that usually I allow other people to do for me that I'm very capable of doing myself. So cooking, 
you know, cleaning even, um, and, and like doing stuff instead of taking all your stuff to a dry cleaner, you're having to like press your own shirts and, you know, Oh yeah. I saw everybody, a lot of dry cleaners have gone on a business. Gosh, which is sad because I'll be honest. I love the dry cleaners. So oh, yeah. About, some about the smell of those shirts. <laughs> I don't know. That's a nice weird thing. Too. That's yeah. It feels nice. Ironing, ironing is good. No, that's the thing too. Is I don't. I wear like shorts and a t-shirt to work every day now, and just you're just you're fully out. remote too, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they moved yeah. us to fully remote. Which I mean, I'll still. Once we're able to travel, and you know, it's like off and on if you're able to travel or not. I know. Now we're going but, back to like almost hardcore phase one. It feels like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it post all of this, we will still be working from home just because I think they realized that that is a possibility and is a good idea, which we were trying to get that before and it wasn't going to happen. But and I do miss like the joshing around in the office. Yeah, we, we still we're all close enough that we still do it. Uh, quote off air, not on Zoom. <laughs> but I like having the separation, you know, of work and home but I also just like kind of being able to turn off my laptop and I already am home but at mm-hmm. the same time like my work's there it's a weird state like some days I feel like I can't turn it off you know like I yeah. feel like I can't separate the work and home but then other days it's like oh just close the laptop you know go about my day like don't have to worry about a commute mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very nice but then I don't know it's weird some days I can't turn it off like I was thinking about it today when we first got back I was like thinking about stuff I have to do tomorrow which I guess that might be normal on a Sunday night but mm-hmm. it, it seems to hit harder when your workstation is right there in the kitchen yeah when you see it it's a very loud reminder um, and it's just yeah it's it's like you said you just got to be able to know like and I was talking to a guy um, this last week and he's like how has it been for you have you been able to like step away has it been kind of like taking over and I was like I, I pretty much have like I've set an area of my house like this is my office I go here to work and I don't really go in here unless I'm working and it kind of helps you know and you know clock out finish your work that usually doesn't happen at five it happens after five but that's not that big of a deal because that's what was going on yeah anyways so you just do that and then your commute is walking into the kitchen um, so it's just about like being able to step away, I think. Um, and it's also kind of a blessing too, because if something does happen and if at eight o'clock I get a call and it's like, Hey, I need you to look at this. I'm having an issue. You know, it's not like, Oh, well, hold on, let me try to get on my phone and look at my email. You know, I'm going to go five feet over and pick it up. Yeah, man working from home uh garden has not been great this year dude i guess plants don't like to be in pots is kind of what i learned this year which makes sense you know i think here's what i think thinking the way we do naturally i wouldn't want to be in a fucking pot i don't want to be in a pot right now i'm in an apartment which is a pot don't live in the pod don't eat the soy (laughs) don't eat the bugs don't eat the bugs that's what that's what my plants told me today yeah I have a feeling that we, because we planted it at about the same time, I think that we planted too early, because I know what's wrong with mine. I've looked 
at other people's gardens. You know, my neighborhood, everybody's got a garden. Yeah. And so, so cool. you're talking to everybody about why is yours so big? And oh, look at your tomatoes. Those are awesome. I'm, I've gotten three this year. I have so zero. Yeah. Like, and, and they were like, well, when did you plant? And I told, and they're like, you know, you probably planted too early. And I was like, yeah, I think that they got frozen because we had, I planted, and then there was like, no, it's like 70 degrees outside. I'm like, it's spring planting. Here we go. Yeah. My mom was like, you're doing it too early. You got to wait. And I was yeah, like, that's what my dad no, said too. You don't, you don't know anything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so you I don't go have and have a garden. And, you know, she's right, of course. Mothers always are right. And, oh, uh, man. I could talk to your off about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, you know, it was like, she called me. I think it was like three weeks later and she's like, how's your garden doing? I was like, it's actually going pretty good. She goes, well, it's going to freeze tonight. So I hope they survive. And they survived, but I think that it's stunning because it happened twice where it got down to like below 35. Yeah. And it was then like, yeah. it went back up again and then it got down below 35 again the next week. And then it, after that, it was actually done. And so I think that it stunted their growth. Um, I don't know. I'm probably going to go dig up. Yours are outside, like in the actual dirt ground, right? In the earth. Well, they're in, I built up that, uh, it's like a box garden. Well, yeah, but they're not like pots. Three by that. Well, so I, you know, yeah, we did, we planted about the same time, maybe a week apart. And I do remember there being like two or three days where it randomly got down below freezing again or really close to it. And they seemed fine. They kept growing. But then about a month or so ago, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less, I'll have to send you a picture. And um, I'll post the Instagram for anyone following, just so you know. It's uh, the Circle Podcast on Instagram. Circle Podcast on Instagram. <laughs> um, I'll post some pics to it. But, like, I don't even know how to describe I tried to Google it, and, like, nothing would come up that looked the same. Because they're doing this weird curl thing. And it's like the only thing that kept pulling up is a leaf roll, which that's not what they're doing. They're not rolling. Like Andy, when I say they're curling, they are straight up like like a uh, hair curler has gone around. Uh, a, yeah, has completely curled around them super tight. Have you ever seen anything like that? No. I mean, the only thing that I could think of was like if you had like a pole sitting there or a post, you know how vines will go around a post and then you. Yeah. But I know that that's not what you're doing. So. Well, yeah, well, I do have a post in there, but they're not wrapping around the post. Right. They're right. just the – and it's not the branches. Let me say that. It's not the branches. It is strictly the leaves doing that. And it's like you said. It's like it's like a curling iron was put to them. And so anytime I, I typed in every, like, leaf roll, leaf curl, everything I could, and all it kept popping up was, like, dehydrated leaves. I'm like, that's not what's going on here. So I don't know if we're going to need a biologist on the show or something, but um, I'll send you a pic later and see what you think. Man, it is – part of me thinks what, what might have happened is I don't – I'm wondering if the – which I don't know if this would lead to the leaves doing this, but I think part of the reason why mine are pretty much dead um, and not producing any tomatoes is uh, I think not even necessarily overwatered, but under drainage in my, mm-hmm. in my uh, pot. I don't think they're mm-hmm. draining properly. See, I know that mine's draining because it's, yeah, I know that mine was, mine was freezing. I set up, I mean, you know me, I'm doing all the research I can do. I'm watching all these dudes 
on YouTube and they're like, this is how you build a box garden. And yeah. It's like step by step, all the different little things. So, and you know, when I water it, it, it drains out and I know that it does cause it gets dry and you can like dig down and all that stuff. But I just, I think that they got frozen and got stunted. I was just I, Googling this. Did yours I, never grow taller? Are they short? They're short. See, mine are really tall. Mine are everything, like normal. Everything height. I did is short. Now, and even the peppers. Now, I got, um, I'm starting to get my peppers in. I think it just, I, they must just be more resilient because they kind of took off and they didn't die out. Um, and I took my, I sent you that picture the other day of my like lone jalapeno pepper that I took off and yeah, put a, made a little one popper out of that it made some like four duck poppers out of it like small yeah (laughs) used a little teal breast cut it into like a quad and made like an appetizer with it but i was just like i'm gonna i want to eat at least one thing out of this garden uh so i got my one thing but i think that taste i mean dude and before i put them in the poppers before I like made the poppers I took and just did like one slice of jalapeno and ate it seeds everything I was like I'm gonna go full throttle with this and I'm not I like spicy but I don't like that spicy and it was the Isn't most it wild it was the most flavor they are yeah and I was like sweating but it was a good that's sweat. like if if you're out there listening to this and you don't garden or have no experience with it or don't know anybody whatever fucking reasons keeping you from eating homegrown stuff like you don't know what food tastes like you don't you don't understand what a pepper tastes like until you eat it from someone else's garden or your own garden like it will mess you up like there was one year when i was at my parents house we had a we always had a pretty solid garden going and i planted a whole bunch of cayenne peppers because uh i don't even remember why i bought bought cayennes doesn't matter but like objectively not really that hot of a pepper you know but when you grow them at home, it was hotter than any jalapeno I've ever gotten at the store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a simple cayenne. Like, you couldn't you couldn't eat it straight. So I would dry them out and then uh, chop them up and make crushed red pepper flakes for them. And it was, like, hotter than any crushed red pepper flakes you ever got in any Italian place. Like, it was just uh, almost unbearably hot, how hot these, pepper, these little itty-bitty cayenne peppers got. So I couldn't imagine growing, like, a habanero or something like that at home. It would just mess you up man yeah I don't it'd be I can't handle it that um, jalapeno is about as hot as I go and I did those just so that I could make duck poppers oh yeah like, I feel like you gotta grow jalapenos these look good in the garden these look right yeah. Yeah. I grew lettuce one year that was pretty cool lettuce and spinach so you, well, you can plant that in like February right and I look and I was reading doing some more research because I'm what I'm about to do is probably dig up about half of what's out there. Cause it's, I mean, it's just honestly wasting space. Like it's not producing, it's just kind of sitting there. And I was like, you know, I could probably fill the whole, that whole side of it with like spinach and kale. Yeah. You and, use some late season stuff. And then I may even, you know, take since my tomatoes are having such a hard time, I may even take them out and replant some tomatoes while it's still, you know, still hot. It's going to be hot for a while. Um, they would I mean, probably you still got until September, really, where we're at. Right. 
So, so I thought about doing that, but I will have to build some kind of cage system around because the three tomatoes that I've gotten, and I've got one of the three out there right now, and it's about the size of a marble. But the other two, when they got to be about half the size that they would have been to pick, were taken by squirrels, and they would take oh, it off, yeah. and they'd eat half of it and leave the other half there, like as a haha, what we did. You've worked really hard yeah. for these, and there's not a whole lot of them, so we're going to eat one of them. But so if I do redo my tomatoes, I think that I'll have to build some sort of cage around them. So I don't know. It'll be a work in progress. It'll be a Saturday. I didn't have a cage, but I don't really, I mean, I'm in an apartment on like the third floor, so I didn't really worry about that, but I did use a little post that I was planning to use to like tie off with twine, you know, so they don't fall over. Mm -hmm. Um, But that didn't get to happen. Um, But one cool thing though, you know, you can do with, uh, like you said, we got a lot of warmth left so you can grow some more tomatoes, but as we do start to cool down here, maybe in the next, I'm looking at my calendar, maybe in late August, you can plant lettuce spinach and some a lot of squashes they'll grow you know well into like october and november when it gets mm-hmm. cold stays cool at night especially spinach hearty hearty vegetable likes the cold right yeah and that's what so what i've got right out that i was talking about um that i'm probably going to dig up are um i've got some squash and i think some cucumbers yeah um and those i, I know that those definitely got frozen because they are there's Not really only anything. there's really only one of them that is actively growing. Um, the others are pretty much wilting away. The more and more we get into summer, and they're still green. It's just like they just look sad. Oh yeah. And the weird thing about them is, you know how they flower up and they have those big yellow flowers. Yeah, yeah. They'll flower up, and you'll get like seven flowers on one plant, and then they'll just kind of like die. And it's like it's trying to produce, but it just can't. It's like it doesn't have the. I don't. Know, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I've got to figure it out. So. Yeah, it's like a, my it's tomatoes, a thing. My tomatoes. They started to flower. Like I had a couple flowers, and then I came out the next day, and they all had that little curl. And I was like, "Oh, this is not good." But now I'm kind of like wanting to. I. I don't want to take them out because I want to see like, kind of want to see this experiment through. Now I want to see like, will they ever grow? Are they dead? Like, what's going on? Like, what is this curl? You know, I want to just, like, I mean, I guess I could take them out and replant new tomatoes, but I think a lot of it at the end of the day is going to be due to them being in a pot. But I really just want to, like, let them run their course and see what all is going to happen to them. Like, will they ever grow? Are they just going to die? What all is this leaf? Will they start sprouting new leaves that are fine? Like, what's, like, that's just kind of turned into its own little science experiment now. So growing's yeah. really cool. And that's kind of how I was like, I probably a month ago should have been like, all right, let's start over. Like this oh, is yeah. now a good time. Cause I know people that started planting a month, month and a half ago and their gardens are like popping off. They've got tomatoes out the wise, you know, it's been hot. It's been sunny. You get those afternoon rains and you're, you're watering in the morning and they're getting the afternoon rain. So they're getting all the water that they need, all the sun that they need. Cause it's just like, bright all day long um and you know sunlight is good everybody should be getting their sun every day i know it's hard but everybody needs to get outside and get some sun i know we uh talked about it a little bit before but uh 
got some good grounding in over the weekend, so I wanted to bring that back up and let the people know. You got to get out there in the sun, get your shoes off, let your skin touch the dirt, the grass, whatever you're on. Get your grass on. doesn't do anything. What's interesting, I think, you know, I've got a dog and I learn a lot from him. Like I learn patience and I learn, uh, you know, just, just normal dog ownership things. But what I've also watched is like how he like responds to the environment, what he naturally like is inclined to as an animal. And like, you know, he's very good about resting and like the way that he lays down so that like his spine is supported. He doesn't like lay in these weird positions. Um, He always wants to like support his head. And, you know, he also, I've noticed since it's sunny outside, like, he always just wanted like he'll be wanting to go outside and i'm like oh he wants to go outside and run around and he'll go out there and he'll just lay down in the sun and he didn't even lay down he just sits and closes his eyes and just sits in the sun you know it's like i know exactly what you're doing you know it's, it's funny um you notice animals love the sun like look at pretty much all animals especially uh cold-blooded animals but i think that doesn't really apply to us as much since they're not mammals but um like you said, your dog, my dogs love it. They love laying in the sun. <clears throat> Excuse me. They love laying in the sun. If you look at um, these COVID-19 deaths, I can't remember what the number was, but it's a it's a staggering number. It was like, and I'm not exaggerating, it was like at least 60%, and I think it was closer to 70% of um, the extreme cases of COVID-19 and the deaths. They found these people had vitamin D deficiencies, which you know where the vitamin D comes from? The sun. The sun. It's it's shocking how much we've uh, grown to hate the sun as a society. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we go just to walk outside for 30 minutes in the park or whatever. You're, you're told to lather up with all these chemicals. Like, have you looked at the back of that banana boat bottle or um, Tropic Sun, whatever the hell the brand is? Like, it's not good for you. There's, it's not. And, and it's all, what's ironic is it's like, oh, well, you don't want to get skin cancer. And I'm like, I'm more worried about what those chemicals seeping into my body are going to do than I am about skin cancer. Because, yes, if you're going to lay in the sun for eight hours and have, it's that's a lot of exposure. That's a lot of sun. That is a lot that's, of sun. that's a lot of sun. But if you're going to do that, there's much better ways to go about protecting yourself than lathering yourself up with, you know, these processed chemicals that are made in a lab that, you know, if you just put on like a zinc cream, oh, yeah. you're going to have more, stuff. you're going to have more sun protection that's not going to wash off in the water or get off in your sweat. And, you know, absorbing zinc is a good thing. Like it's actually want, better for you. Yeah, yeah. Like I take zinc supplements. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like, and now a, you're just, you're going to, full extent of it and because zinc is um it powers some of the same stuff that vitamin d does you know it actually works in the same process i mean it even says on the zinc bottle like it's an immune system booster you know what's um, wild to me is they don't advertise zinc as a testosterone booster when it is like how much more would these vitamin companies be making if they put that on the bottle you would think uh, yeah i think they're scared too though get the I don't. I don't. I think that's a, Mondo that could be a podcast for another day. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think there's definitely a conspiracy there that we could get into mm-hmm. um, about just this whole bit in general. 
but it is it is interesting though that how much of a um, society we've kind of casted off these natural ways of living yeah i know we talked about before that the entire concept of camping has been in is is a, is a modern invention that's used to be a way of life yeah it's a vacation now it's a vacation how how we used to live is now a vacation it, it really like that's i'm craving it right now you know living in i'm living in the pod right now for all intents and purposes and you know sorry my wife just fucking pointed at me when i said that um <laughs> she gave me the double finger guns when i said living in the pod um but yeah so i mean we're basically living the meme right now you know like we're not allowed to leave our house. We we gotta live in this fucking bubble unless you know you're doing anarchy then whatever. But um I've literally craving the outdoors, I'm craving the sun, and that used to be just a normal way of life and it's like now I gotta plan it as a vacation to go outside. Mm-hmm. Like camping. You gotta a, you gotta ask off work. You gotta ask off to of go, work. To go camping, which used to be what the work was. Like the work was setting up camp. So they yeah. could live, but like this guy asked me about my gym. He's like, "Hey, you want to go on a backpacking trip in a couple weeks?" If someone asked you that a thousand years ago, you know that was, or I guess, yeah, no, about a thousand years ago, a little bit more too. You know that wasn't a sightseeing vacation. You know that mm-hmm. was, you're you're going out there into the wild to bring home some meat, and you're probably not going to come back. So you're probably never going to see your family ever again, or your tribe. More importantly. Right. Um, you're not going to see your tribe again, and if you do, you better come back with meat, or the entire tribe is going to be dead. And you know what's wild is if you go really far back to like Neolithic, actual true, where the whole paleo diet comes from. Not even the ancient times, but like real, real deep shit hunter gatherers. Um, if you read the literature, those guys were gone for months at a time. Like they mm-hmm. would be gone. It wasn't you know a two day trip into the wilderness to hunt down a buffalo they were following the herd and they would because how you used to how they used to kill animals was you'd outpace it you know because because uh, man can basically how the human body works you can take two steps for every one breath essentially i'm sure it's different for everybody but basically basic math you can take two steps for every one breath or two steps for every one heartbeat something like that and an animal can only take one breath for one step or one heartbeat for one step and so they're just their cardio it's, it's weird you could actually um as a human i mean not modern man by any fucking means if you look at us now maybe us i'd like to say <laughs> but the average human today couldn't do it but back in you know a couple thousand years ago the average human could outpace a mammoth or a buffalo yeah over the long term definitely would be able to outrun any animal if you you know if you could withstand that amount of time you know it may not be the same speed like obviously me versus a horse no you just gotta keep in a day of it really but is if you can just keep going they'll eventually stop and you'll catch up with them and pass yeah it's it's wild how much um more of an apex predator humans are but at the same time there's things that could kill us in a heartbeat you know there's predators that are above us but it's we also have different gifts where we could even outsmart these predators too. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could, I mean, you're never going to have to chase down a panther. Like that's just because it's a predator creature. You know, it's not how the biology works. But you could outpace a but you could outpace a panther. You know, you could run it down. It's going to give up before you will. Right. 
which is crazy. So in one aspect, you know, humans can be an apex predator. Of course, now uh, they are guns, it, but it I'm used to about... be. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's take take true. guns out of the picture is kind that's of how the you have to look apex. at this. Yeah, yeah, if you take guns out of the picture is kind of what I'm getting at here. And and you know a lot of what you know, we kind of have a second gear if you train yourself. Um, you know, we you and I have talked a lot about nose breathing during workouts. Yeah. Um, you know, our our biology we're built to breathe out of our noses, not out of yes. our house. Um, and that was on purpose. We were definitely built um, the most efficient way for us to breathe and get enough oxygen in our body to supply energy to our muscles is to breathe through your nose while running. And that's breathe through your nose, you out your mouth, out okay, your nose, yeah. whatever. But as long as the air is going through your nose, it's hitting the right it's i, I want to say there's something about like the amount of blood vessels it hits before it even gets to your lungs um the filtering that happens in your nose like your i mean your nose is a filter and so your your nose filters out all that bad stuff and you get more pure air into your lungs and you know you also kind of get a second gear cuz if you run you know let, let's say you're running for 30 minutes yeah and you've been nose breathing the whole time well then if you start every other breath you breathe in your mouth because it's easier you're gonna hit a second gear and be able to run farther than you thought yeah. if you were like oh i'm gonna quit at 30 minutes i can't run any farther breathing like this and then you start breathing with your mouth then i mean you just have a second gear and like sometimes you know competitive runners like that's like a okay i'm gonna push this last mile I'm going to start gonna make or break the yeah, race. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to start breathing with my mouth now and then they have that second gear that they can go. Is that just because you're huffing in more air at once? Is it kind of like that or do you know the I science just, of it? I I really I don't know like the, the exact, exact science of it, yeah. but like I said, I think it has something to do with the blood vessels, the air hits when it goes into your nose and then through your air system. And then I think it also has to do with the filtering that happens through your nose but i think you definitely intake on a volume level you intake more from your nose than you do when you it feels like you're breathing in more with your mouth because i think that you breathe it like into your high chest and you feel that chest puff out and you're like oh i'm breathing more but when you breathe in with your nose i almost feel like it's a deeper full oh yeah it definitely, um, because <clears throat> I remember we had talked about it a few months ago, and it took, it was one of those things, like, the first few times I did it during CrossFit workouts, I'm like, God, like, I'm, I'm actively having to, I was miscounting reps, I was fucking up my form, everything, because I was just focusing on the nose breathing so much, mm-hmm. and I was like, at first, you know, I was like, God, I'm never going to get this, like, this is, I, I just need to give up on this, um, but I kept pushing at it, and I caught myself the other day in the gym, like, I'll just notice it out mm-hmm. of nowhere, that I'm not like everyone else is just heave hoeing, and I'm, st- I mean, I'm no peak athlete by any means, but everyone else is, you know, huffing and puffing, gassed, and I'm pretty tired. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, but I'm not breathing out my mouth, and it has made a huge difference. Cause like the workout we did the other day, um, I can't remember the first two movements, but the third movement was a burpee, and I don't know if you've done a burpee, but mm-hmm. very very hard to do while and very hard to breathe while you do that no matter how you're breathing and 
it was the last thing we had to do was 50 burpees that was it yeah so there was 50 50 of two types of movements and the last movement was 50 burpees and you couldn't break it up you had to do the 50 straight and everyone else is like really struggling to breathe on these 50 burpees and i noticed i was still breathing through my nose on them up until like number 30 or 35 and that's when i kicked in the mouth breathing and i think it's just like what you said it's easier so like all the energy went into the burpee because then i was just knocking out like the burpees themselves were easier but it was harder to breathe it was interesting it was like harder to breathe but i could move quicker it was Mm. very interesting it was like I could do a burst of like five burpees extremely quick, but it was like it it I was like panting like a dog. It was interesting. Yeah, man. And the other thing too that I forgot about was, and and I was first introduced to all this um, in yoga. Yeah. And when it was introduced, uh, hold on, some water. Um, when I was introduced to it, it was a calming thing. It's like okay. You know when you're when you're doing these practices and i would do hot yoga so it's you know it's 100 degrees in there plus the body temperature of 25 of your best friends that are all sweating and dying with you but you're for some reason something about your nervous system it's calming to -hmm. breathe through there and so like that's when they practice they i cannot remember the word that they use for it but it's it's called something and it's instead of just breathing through your nose and just like they are like we want you to breathe loud like into the back of your throat so it's like a well i think it's because it's like a, a much breathe harder out. way of breathing yes yeah like it's it's a you when you're working out like you can't replicate we can't replicate it sitting here but if you're working out, it's very easy just to and do the next movement, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you're really into it, it's very hard to sit there and have the discipline to take a deep breath like that through your nose. I don't know if you could hear it, but it's it's it requires much more discipline. And I think it is just maybe it's a placebo. I don't know. I'm sure it's not, to be honest. I'm sure it is a real oxygen and, uh, and, how much and I've heard, in, but it's just I've heard Laird harder. Hamilton talk about it too, and he's like, you know, I think that the reason, you know, we've been talking about running a lot. He's like, I think the reason people run, he's like, you know, running is great, and it, you know, releases a lot of endorphins, and you're getting to be physical, and you're doing something. But he's like, honestly, I think the reason people are addicted to running is not because of the running; they're addicted to the breathing. He's like, yeah, we don't yeah. breathe, we don't breathe all day. We sit there and like sip air. You know, it's like yeah. if you just if you sit around and sip water all the time, and then somebody hands you a glass, you're like, oh my gosh, this is great. So like we're sitting around just like sipping air, sipping That's air, sipping air, and then thought. you go run, and you're like, oh my, like your body's overloaded with oxygen, and you feel amazing. And like he's that's his theory. Do you listen to Wim Hof at all? I have a little bit, because he he kind of he doesn't say those words at all. But I've done his meditation and breathing practices, and it Laird Hamilton basically put into words what I felt, because like his whole, if you if you haven't done it, basically what you're doing is you're taking huge nose breaths in for like 60 seconds, like huge huge nose breaths, just just like overloading your body with oxygen, mm-hmm. 
and you um, basically he does after you do this for 60 seconds you can hold you hold your breath for as long as you can and it's astonishing how long you can do it you can hold your breath for like I could I went from like barely like I'm, I can't hold my breath for shit but I if I do this actual meditation exercise I can hold it for about two minutes and then you do it like three sets of it and by the third set man you're coming up on like well over three and a half minutes just sitting there holding your breath like it's right. it is bananas and you know the, the the breath holding part is something different but what i was getting at is the actual huge breaths like you could you feel almost lightheaded you feel yeah it's almost like get, you get, really layered like, putting the best words man like it's you need it yeah you get this like high and it's like something that you're supposed to do yeah it's, a, it's just a it's a different thing but it all it all comes back to this whole natural traditional way of mm-hmm. living that we're trying to get back to. Yep. The whole reoccurring theme of this podcast, you know, getting outside, getting back to nature, getting back to your family, all these things your body and spirit crave. Yeah. And That's I something think that, I need to do better at is uh, getting outside more too. I, I've been pretty bad about it lately. Yeah, and it's hard, you know, like you said, now that we're working at home, it's like well, I've been working all day. I just want to relax, but I'm still at home. And yeah. Then, you know, it's just hard to, you know, it's, I've started like, you know, taking, taking the laptop out on the porch and you know, answering emails, making phone calls, you know, I'll go on a walk. If I know that I yeah, have even little three or four, like three or four phone calls to make where I'm not going to need notes or if I'm not going to need, you know, something to help me answer questions and I'm just checking on somebody, you know, I can, you can just do it outside, go on a walk and do it outside and just kind of making those little times. But, you know, I can't wait to see, you know, we're talking about taking it back kind of to the basics. Here's some like ways we try to live naturally. Here's some people that we know that are doing cool things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, I think this will be a really cool outlet. Um, and oh yeah! I hope I hope people are interested to listen to. It. I mean, I know that it's stuff that we're passionate about. We talk about it all the time, anyways, which is why we even had the idea to do this. It's like you know, maybe yeah. maybe other people want to, you know, listen to it, hear about it, you know, make your own comments. You know, we. I'm I'm the type of person who thrives off of hearing people's feedback, so. Yeah. If anybody out there is listening, would love to hear what you thought, what you were excited to hear about in the future, and anybody you think we could try to get on, if that's and a possibility. It's, it doesn't have to be a famous person by any means. This is no. something I, I presented to a, a group of online friends I got, and every one of them kind of wanted to come on. And Because I, I told them, I was like, you know, this is not something you need to be an expert at in your field by any means. But if it's something you know you're passionate about and you just – you want to talk about feel free to come on like if there's anything you want to talk about like that's kind of the whole point of this is like when you go out in the woods with your buddies camping when you have that conversation around a campfire it gets it's there's no one else around you it's just you and uh whoever you're with and you're just you get to say what's on your mind you don't need to worry and that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is you know having a level of anonymity non-minute whatever anonymous <laughs> god anyways whatever that word is it's a place that allows you we to come on here we don't know words we can't do words we're in the wrong business um but you know it just gives this virtual 
campfire feel where you can come on, you can talk about what you want to talk about. Like I said, we got one dude who's going to come on, talk about wildland firefighting. Another guy who's just starting homestead, he's going to talk about that. Um, I was actually talking to one dude. Um, he is like heavy. I mean, he's been, I don't, I'm not going to say what, if he's like an expert or, cause I don't know if he is or not. I just know he's been a part of the Eastern Orthodox Church for his whole life. Yeah, so he's gonna come on and talk about that experience you know like it's it's not something you need to be an expert at if if you are listening to this show and it's something that you feel passionately about or you're involved with man we'd love to hear about it yeah absolutely but uh i think that we're about to hit i didn't start a time or anything i just kind of looked at the clock and i think that we're about to hit an hour and a half yeah i was actually looking at myself it went by quick yeah, it's amazing. It's funny. I, I did put down some notes of stuff I wanted to talk about. They, you know, it's part of it. Maybe next yeah. time. Maybe next time. We'll see. Don't tell me what it is. Okay. <laughs> One of them was the reoccurring theme, and that'll just keep coming up anyways. Tradition and whatnot. But yeah. Tradition. Cool, man. That's what it's all about. Getting back to the roots. All right, man. Well, we'll, right, we'll see y'all. See y'all.